How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'll come back a bit. I don't, I, can I come down here? Am I, am I allowed to come down or is it better? Oh no, because of the film I've got to stay here. Because it's all, that's alright. The reason why we're doing this is because this hand shakes a lot. <laughs> and I can't hold the microphone. I had a bad accident many years ago and so this one is a little bit hard to keep in control. But that's alright. How many people know that you've been through, through life and you had a few knocks and scratches, eh? Come on. Come on. But we're still in the race. We're still going. Still trusting. You know, I, I just had a thought. You've got the Easter camp coming, right? You know, wouldn't it be great for... Like, I can remember Easter camps. I, I came to Christ when I was 17. And I can remember Easter camps. And, and I can remember how good it is. And so I just want to put a challenge out to some of you, some of you um, senior folks. And maybe you're already doing this, but just some of your senior folks... How about, um, and I'll say it like an old farmer, how about getting a bit of gorse out of your pockets and um, put some money together and sponsor some of your young people to go to this camp? Wouldn't that be good? You know, there's something really wonderful about investing in the next generation, and, um, and so wouldn't that be a good thing to do? And uh, I'm sure Eli would be happy for you to take your money. <laughs> But, you know, just, just invest in the, in the next generation and just help them along. That would be great. All righty. Well, my title this morning is It Is Finished. It is finished. It is done. No, nothing more to do. You know, and um, I, I love this scripture, and it's a wonderful scripture. And it's in Hebrews 12, verse 1. And the last part of it says this. It says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Have you noticed over the last kind of months or last six months that the, um, the endurance of living has just lifted a few bars? You know, the cost of fuel, the cost of living, the, everything's kind of lifting. And uh, Joanne and I are involved in some social uh, activity helping people in Hamner. And what we are noticing is that there's a whole new group of people that are struggling and people that had finance so that don't have that finance anymore. They're just kind of meeting budget. And, um, and so endurance um, is something that, um, that we're all going to have to have and we continue to have uh, into our future. And uh, so be encouraged. You have one another. Um, we, we have the church to inspire, to encourage each other, to build each other up as we journey through life. And, uh, but today I want to talk to you about it is finished, it is done. No more to pay, you are free. Praise God. Run the race with endurance. So we're going to put up a, um, a picture of um, a boat, and the boat was called the Endurance. And as I'm going through my message to you today, what I would like you to do is I would really like you to, to kind of um, just... Uh, add this into what I'm saying for yourself and, 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 and just say, you know, I am who I am. I am who God has made me and I can do whatever's before me because I know God is with me. Can someone say amen to that? Yeah, you're starting to warm up now. That's great. <laughs> but there we go. This is the boat called the Endurance and um, it was sailed by a captain called Ernest Shackleton who went down to the Arctic 
And uh, this particular boat um, was built for the particular journey that it was on. Can I encourage you that God has built you the way you are for the journey that you're on? He specifically made you, he specifically formed you, he specifically created you to be who you need to be in the journey that you're on. And this boat called the Endurance was built to endure the Arctic ice. And so what happened is Ernest Shackleton and the team, they, they, they sailed down to the Arctic and they got there a little bit late. And what happened is the sea and the ice eventually trapped the ship um, in the ice. And uh, I believe there was a crew of about 29, I think historically, if you read the story, and Ernest Shackleton, they had um, all the provisions that they needed to survive, but they knew that um, they had a one-way ticket to the bottom of the ocean because they knew that if this ship didn't survive, if this ship was not able to withstand the, the pressure, that they were all going to die. Um, reasonably cold, I believe. Anyone been to the Arctic, uh, Arctic Centre here? Oh, man, it's freezing. They stick you in that room and they turn the... And anyway, it was really cold, and uh, these guys were in a lot of trouble, and the boat was caught in the ice. Now, it was interesting, the boat was called the Endurance, because that boat had to endure so much. And they knew that, 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 outward, that outward pressure of the ice would eventually crush the boat and destroy the boat. And they, they knew that if that boat didn't survive that time, if that boat didn't survive the pressure, then they're all going to die. Well, the good news is the ship did. The ship survived. And the reason why it survived, and this is what I want you to remember as we're going through this message today, I want you to remember the ship survived because its inner strength was greater than the external pressure that it was facing. Its inner strength was greater than the stress and the pressure that was on the outside. And so the, 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 you know, the ship would groan, the ship would moan, the ship would creak, but its fortitude and its strength held right through the winter period until finally they could get off when spring came. And they could get off the boat, and then they sailed, four, I think four of them or six of them, sailed 800 miles to South Georgia. They found a whaling station, then they sailed back and they rescued the rest of the crew. If you ever want to read a great story, just read a book called The Endurance. It's amazing. And he had a strong faith, uh, Ernest Shackleton. He was, a, he was a believer, had a wonderful faith in the Lord, and uh, he was a praying man. But, but, but I just want you to capture, captivate the picture of, of this boat and kind of say and say today, Lord, I thank you that the inner strength that's in me because of you is greater than any pressure that is on the outside of me. And it's like what you were saying today. I thought, oh, here we go. I said, let him loose. <laughs> you were going well. <laughs> you were going very well. I should have just yelled out, keep going, and I wouldn't have had to do be here today. It was good. It was very good. But, but the ship survived, and the crew were rescued because of that very reason. Its internal strength was greater. And I want you to remember that as we go through the rest of my message today, because I think it'll just be encouraging to you. And so it is finished. 
You know, so often in life, so often when we are challenged through life, and, and, and so often as, as, as I meet people, and including myself, we want to be complete, don't we? How many people like it when your life's together and you're feeling okay? All the hands up, come on, just, just get with me today, you know. How many people here like being miserable and unhappy? Okay, none of us. We all like to be happy, we like to be complete, we like to be stable, we like to have a good environment, we like to, to everything just to be good and everything just to be wonderful. But I don't know about you, but my life looks like that sometimes, but it doesn't look like that all the time. Sometimes there's things happen in life and you go, oh my goodness, how on earth did I end up here? But the thing is, to be complete, sometimes we have to finish stuff. You know, to be complete in something, we have to finish some things. We've got to come to a point of confrontation about things that have challenged us in life, the hurtful things, the discouraging things, the hard things that we face. And so one has to then be challenged and, and actually say, well, look, I need to actually deal with this stuff. I had a friend of mine, I, I'll call him Big T. You know, New Zealand's not such a small place. Sometimes you talk about people. Joanne and I were talking about this, and you, you mention somebody, and somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, and all of a sudden um, you've been talking about somebody that somebody else knows. Um, but I'll call him Big T. And he's a very good friend of mine. And um, Big T was six foot seven. I used to love walking into a bar or walking into a restaurant with Big T because it made me look tall. <laughs> and everyone would look at Big T as he walked in. And, and, and when, you, when you got to know him and you looked at him, you would think that there would be no one in this world that would ever be able to do him harm. There was no one in this world that could ever do Big T any harm at all. In fact, he, he told me one day when he was when he had grown up, he, he grabbed the guy by the collar and just lifted him off the ground with one hand. Big T. And he was a very, very close friend, a good friend, helped me a lot in my life. And we were pastoring in, in um, another part of New Zealand at the time. <laughs> but Big T's life wasn't always like that. He, was ne he wasn't always six foot seven. Big T grew up in a family of boys. Uh, he grew up in a violent family. He grew up in a family that was abusive. He told me that when he was, he was the youngest and what his brothers would do, or a brother or brothers, is they would pick him up by the throat or by the collar and they would thrust him up against the wall and hold him there until he just about passed out. Then they'd drop him on the floor. And so this was common for him. This was his normal life. This is what he lived through. This is, this is what he faced pretty much on a daily or a weekly basis. And he was always worried. He was always frightened. So as, as Big T started to grow, he started to end up with a massive attitude problem. And he learned how to fight. And he really learned how to, to look after himself. And, uh, but what I have experienced with, with brokenness is brokenness will often, often lead you into things that can be very harmful for your life. And for him, it was alcohol. And so he got involved with the, with the world of alcohol and he eventually became an alcoholic. And uh, he would just drink to oblivion. And anyway, over time, Big T ended up 
um, realizing that he needed to do something about this as he got older. And so he, he said, right, I, I'm gonna, I need to go. And the, I think the doctor said, you need to go to Hamner Springs, which we are from. Jan and I live in Hamner Springs. And um, at, at that time, there was a, a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center in Hamner. It was well known. It's amazing how many people I've met throughout um, my lifetime um, that have actually been there. Uh, who actually been through Hamlet Springs and been through the program. It's, it's not there anymore. But anyway, Tony, Tony was um, in this situation, and he went to Hamlet Springs, and they were sitting in a room one day. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought, ah, I'm going to... Okay. His name was Tony, okay? <laughs> Sorry. Tony's, Tony's since passed away and been with the Lord anyway, so he'll be laughing at me. And anyway, he went to this rehabilitation center and they were sitting in a room one day. He, this, is what he, this is the story he told me. They were sitting in a room. And anyway, as he was sitting there, there was a whole heap of other blokes there. And the tutor or the counselor said, what we're going to do today is he said, I'm going to put some sand in your hand. And he said, and all those little sand gran granules are every experience that has been difficult, been hard, been been destructive to your soul and to your life. And he said, I'm going to put them in your hand. I said, and he said, and you can hold on to them. And so he got his jar of sand and he went around and poured it into the hands of all the guys. And they were all holding on to their sand. And he said, now what I want you to do is, he said, we're finishing right now. And he talked about restoration and finishing and, and putting, putting some of your past behind you and dealing with that. And he said, but what we're going to do as he said, we're not going to come back together until every one of us have walked out somewhere and got rid of the sand. We actually go away to a quiet place and think about your past, think about what's happened, think about your journey. And he said, and what I want you to do is I said, I want you to leave it behind. I want you to come to the point that you say to yourself, I can do nothing about my past, but I can certainly think about where my future can go. Anyway, Big T told me he walked out there and he said it took him hours. And he said, we're not coming back for, for a long time uh, until all you guys have got rid of the sand. And, and uh, Big T went out there. It took him two to three hours. And finally, he walked out there into the Hamner um, Hospital and he just stood there and he thought, you know, it is finished. It is done. He said, I can't hold on to this anymore. He said, it's too painful, it's too hurtful, it's too difficult. He said, I need to let it go. And so what he did is he, he stood there and he opened up his hand and there was sand in the hand. And he looked at it and he thought, it's a new day. And just by the way, he's not a Christian at this point in time. He's not a believer. And he just goes like this. He wanted every little bit of grain gone. And he told me the story. He said, when that happened to him, he said, something happened in his soul. You know, people who are not believers still have one. <laughs> People still have a soul and they have a conscience and they, 
They have a, have a spirit that is working in them. And so he, he, he said something happened, and he, he, he went back, and um, anyway, some of the other guys were back, and anyway, they weren't going to do anything until the last person turned up. You know, it took two days. Two days before the last person turned up. And um, they eventually sat down and they started talking about it and the guys started relaying their journey and, and, they, and all of them said how amazing it was to have it finished. You know, they still had the memories, they still had the, the, the things that have happened, both the perpetrator and the victim. They still carried that, but there was something in it changed when they said, it is finished, it is done. It's over. Hmm, someone's trying to ring me. He said, it's all over when it's done. And, um, and anyway, the tutor got them all together and he sat them in a circle and he said, now, he said, what I want you to do is he said, I want you now to go back to where you dropped it and I want you to pick it up. And of course they said, we can't, it's gone. He said, exactly. He said, leave those things behind, even though you can still maybe remember and you can still think about those things, you can actually be free today. And I think Tony, even though at that point he wasn't a believer, he, he understood the principle that Jesus said um, and, and uh, that was quoted in the, to the Second Corinthians um, 5 verse 17. And it's actually Paul qu uh, quoting this um, script scripture that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. And so Tony understood the principle, even though he didn't know Jesus at the time, he actually gave his life to Christ later on. But his, his inner change was incredible through getting rid of the sand. You know, Tony told me when he let the sand go, so did the, the guilt the brokenness, the frustration, the anger, the insecurity, and the outward expression was now because of an inward change. And I've got no doubt in this room today that there are things that have happened to you that you've been on journeys that, and they may, look, I was thinking about, you know, when you talk to a congregation of people who have been Christians for a while, for some of you, you'll go, Mike, that's a great message, but it doesn't kind of mean too much to you because actually you've been on a journey with the Lord and he's helped you get through a lot of stuff, you know? But there are some here today that this message is just right for you. It's just a message that you need to hear that you can get to a point where you can actually finish some things and you can say to the Lord, Lord, I want to come to you today and I want to just come and I want to let it go. I want to finish because I want to be complete. And, 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 and the insecurities, the brokenness, the sadnesses, it amazes me just how God does that and he takes away the broken things and he replaces it with a new life. I watched a movie the other day. If you haven't watched it, it's quite a good movie. It's a movie called Far Lap. You know of the horse? Uh, it was a New Zealand horse that was bought for 168 pounds, I think, and then it was taken over to Australia and became a very, very famous racehorse. But the and Far Lap kept winning and winning and, and it was amazing. It would just win by miles. 
And so the corrupt officials and the corrupt uh, racing fraternity at the time thought we need to really slow this horse down. And so what they did is they just kept on adding weights to it. And they said to the people, you can't put this much weight, you'll kill it. And they said, oh, well, it's what we're going to do. And apparently in, in the system they could do that. And they kept on putting more and more weight onto Farlap to try and slow it down until finally the horse um, it still was winning, but only just. And then finally it actually came in third and fourth because they just weighed this thing down. You know, can I say just be careful what weight you carry. Be careful what things you carry in your soul. Be careful what you carry of the past. Be careful of what you carry of the experiences that you've had. You know, I heard this said this way, and you've probably heard a lot of people say it from the pulpit before. Being angry, bitter, resentful at other people is like you drinking the poison and expecting them to die. And, and we carry things. We, we carry the, 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 the agony of our past. We carry the disappointments. And what happens is we end up with unfinished business. Unfinished business. In our lives, your experience that, that, that happen to us that are harsh, depressing, bewilder, bewildering, life-changing, difficult, and can and may leave us, can leave us in a life experience of things never being finished. Finishing is so important. You know, Jesus, when he was at Calvary, you'll read it in John chapter 19, verse 30. It says, he received sour wine, and then he cried out, it is finished. You see, when Jesus gave his life, he gave his life so that we could be free. You know, and if you don't know him today, if, if there's someone here and you've never met the Jesus I'm talking about, you know, it's not, for me anyway, personally, it's not about a religious experience. When I, I became a believer when I was about 17. And, and, and it just changed my life. And, and he changed me from the inside out. And the inner change was, was really quite something else for me. And, um, and so for me, the Jesus I know is not about a religious experience. It's it's not about being religious. It's not about anything like that. It's just about knowing someone whose name is Jesus and he will help you be the best person you could ever be. He'll help you through your sorrows and your pains. He will encourage you in your victories. But he will journey with you through life and he will stand with you 100%. And so very quickly, I'm just going to go through this. When Jesus cried out on the cross, there were, there were, there were, there were two meanings to it is finished. And these are Greek. One was to loose. And this is what Jesus said of himself. It says to set out for a definite point. This is about Jesus giving his life, dying on a Calvary cross so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be free from sorrow, pain, disappointment, and agony of life. Okay, to loose, it means to set out for a different, uh, definite point, um, a point aim for or as a limit a conclusion of an act or state, a termination, a result, 
um, ultimate or prophetic. Isn't it interesting that uh, that word prophetic is in there? There was so much said about Jesus prophetically way back before he even got to Calvary. Uh, a purpose, an impost, or a levy paid. A continual, not an end, but the beginning. How about that? That's good, isn't it? Awesome. It means a custom paid, an end, a finality, the uttermost to be complete and to be finished. And that's what, when Jesus said on Calvary, that's what he was meaning of himself. Okay, now from our part, from what we can say about us, what, what we can say about ourselves, is another word, it says teleho, which means a debt paid in full. Um, it means a legal document or a certificate pay, uh, presented that brings freedom. It says uh, something that is paid in full to, to end, to complete, to execute, to conclude, to discharge. You know, you go to court and you've been discharged. You are free to go. How about that? Wow. That's what Jesus does. Um, to discharge, to accomplish, to make an end, to fill up, to finish, to pay, to, to undertake. To, and that's what Jesus has done on Calvary for us. You see, Big T, eventually he realized that the freedom he had and, and, and the help that he had that day was from the Holy Spirit, even though he didn't know the Holy Spirit was present. Can I tell you, church, the Holy Spirit is at work with every human being on the face of the earth. Don't you think that we just got it, eh? <laughs> he never stops working. He's always working. And God was working on my friend Tony. But he became complete and his life was changed. So often, we want the emotion of being complete, but to get there, we need to finish. Last time I was here, we, we talked about the still small voice. Uh, maybe you can remember those who were here. And I, I just want to pick up with my testimony of my first wife. Her name was Kerry. And um, Kerry died while I was a missionary. Um, in a place called West New Britain, which is an island off Papua New Guinea. Um, Kerry uh, poked her fingernail with a safety pin that went into her, into her finger, and then um, within seven days she had died from gangrene. And uh, there's not a lot they could do. And um, because of the infection, that raged so hard and so fast. But you see, there were things that happened in that hospital room because when Kerry actually died, I was only there by myself. There was no nurses. There was no doctors. The doctor was away partying, actually. He was away having a party with his mates. There was no nurses in the room. They, they, they weren't there. And so I was left there by myself, and then um, Kerry's temperature just rose to a point, and then she just, she just opened her eyes, and she died. And I was just right there. And there were things happened that day that possibly shouldn't have happened in regards to the medical profession. The doctor was away drinking. The nurses were away doing whatever they were doing. And there was no one there in that room looking after a very, very sick patient. And I, I'm just a kid. I'm, I was 23 years old and I, I'd never seen anything like this before in my life, you know. 
The only thing that I'd ever seen pass away was a sheep. I lived on a farm and I'd never been confronted with this stuff. And so anyway, as, as Kerry had passed, um, I was standing there and, and I, I, was, I just didn't really know what to do. You know. And then there's this still small voice of the Holy Spirit. He's just, he's just right there. And, and, and he said to me, he said, Michael, he said, I want you to forgive everybody of everything that's happened that should have happened that didn't. And I said, Lord, I will. But little did I realize that even though I'd said the words, I still carried some things in my soul, some guilt things, some things that possibly I should have done better, some things that I could have done more for. And I carried those things in my soul for 22 years. It was never finished. It wasn't finished. And until it was finished, I couldn't be complete in regard to that circumstance and that situation. And so I remember um, 22 years later, my daughter, uh, we had a nine-month-old daughter, Joanna, and Joanna was about to be married. And I'd go out to the building site where I was a carpenter and I'd feel every time I thought about giving the speech, these tears would well up in my eyes and I'd go, oh my goodness. So I'd, I was working with a whole heap of other chippies and I didn't want to see this big chippy ball in his eyes out. So I'd just duck around behind the shed or wherever and have a good cry there, wipe my eyes, come back, carry on. And then I'd think about doing the speech at Anna's wedding again or Joanna's wedding. And then I'd start crying again and I thought, man, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing my marbles because it wasn't finished. And so anyway, I had friends of mine in Invercargill, so to cut a long story short, because I'm just about there with my message to you today, is that I remember ringing them up, and I said, I need to come and see you, I need to come and talk with you, because I think I'm going nuts. I really can't handle this emotional stuff that's going on inside of me, because every time I think about the wedding, it just wrecks me. And so I went down to Invercargill and I was with my friends, they were good friends of mine, both counsellors, drug and alcohol counsellors, and um, that's what they did. And so I, I, I sat down with them and uh, they looked at me, I looked, we looked at each other and nothing much was said. And then they said to me this, they said, if Jesus was here, what would you tell him? you tell him? I said what I'd tell him was what a shame. She never got to be a mum. Well, she to be a mother to raise your daughter. What a shame that she wasn't going to be at the wedding. What a shame that she missed out on so much. 
What a shame. Well, then the ugly cry, ugly cry came. You've seen the ugly cry before? Ugly, ugly cry, you know. It was... I'm just trying to hold it back right now. <laughs> but something like Big T happened to me. It was finished. And I could leave it there. free still carried the memories still carried all those things but there was an internal operation that only the Holy Spirit could do that day that set me free I like what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 Verses 28. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, today there may be a few, there may be nobody, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there will be some. But this is your day to say it is finished. This is your day to look back on your life through some of those hard experiences that you still carry. You know, I meet people from time to time that are angry at dead people. How sad is that? And you carry stuff on your soul. Well, this is a day that the yoke, the heaviness can lift. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you that you are the answer. And just as we're praying today, if you want to finish some stuff, you just want to say, I just want to, I just want to finish this today. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but I just would like to ask you to stand. And just in standing alone, you're saying, I want to finish. I'm over the, this journey. I'm over the sorrow and the heartache of what I've been through. If that's you, just, just stand to your feet right now. Good on you guys. Right across the room, there are things that you've been through that there are challenges, there's been some difficulties. Disappointments, you know, business, relationship-wise. It's a brave thing to stand up to say, I want to finish this off, because someone's like Tony, he couldn't let it go, took him two or three hours, and the other guy took him two days. In fact, the other guy, what he would do is he'd put the sand down on the table, he'd have his dinner and have a shower, then he'd pick it up again. Is there some more folks here that you just want to say, this is it, it's done today. Is there some more here? 
It is finished. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, today there are some good folks standing in front of you. With all their pain, with all their disappointments, with all their sorrows, and the things that they had to face through life. But Jesus, you said that it's finished. And you said that we can call to you and you will answer us. And so these experiences, we leave it today like Tony got rid of the sand, we just leave it. And we confront it and we will say this day it'll have no more influence over our lives. Whether, Lord, we've been the perpetrator or whether we've been the victim, it's neither the same, it's just the same to you because forgiveness goes right across the whole board. And so, Father, today as we just stand in, in your presence, we thank you for the freedom that we will experience as we walk away and we say, It is finished. It is done. I am free. And I thank you that over the weeks to come that there will be a real sense of completeness, a real sense of being whole again because of standing up in the service and saying, I make a choice today that it's done. No more influence. Oh, you'll remember. And sure, you can, you'll recount the stories that have happened and what's been done, but it won't impact your soul anymore. You will know it. You will sense it. You will, you will just know it. I'm so different. And, and so, Lord, I thank you for answering our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.